bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to Weird Things, the podcast wherein weird things are discussed. I am your substitute host, Justin Young, for Andrew Maine, who's currently recovering from an octopus accident. Joining me as always, my uh, my co-host, uh, 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 Bra- Bryce, <laughs> Bryce uh, Neshkom Castillo. Hi, hello, welcome. Or thank you for welcoming me, rather. Yeah, no, you're here. And also... Brant Brushwood. No, it's yes. Brian. It's Hi. Brian Brushwood. Hey, I've Brant. been, I've been, I've been since episode two. I've been here. I don't understand yeah. why it's so difficult for you to remember. Hmm. Brian Brushwood. Brian. Brian no. Brushwood. Yeah, but like you said, episode two. Like yeah. you know, it's hard Kill to keep. Me. I Kill was me. in it on episode one, and it's been it's been game. hundreds of episodes. Well, it's great I've to been, meet you, Brain. It's, okay, you're <laughs> killing me. You're killing me. You, yeah, it's one thing for him to do it. It's another thing for you to pile on. Oh, I know. It was. There was definitely a moment where Brian's like, "Hey, wait, hold on. I'm not. Getting, I'm not. I'm not getting a towel cracked by the rookie. Like, I'm playing a game here, but you've crossed the line." Uh, welcome, 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 everybody. Sorry uh, that Andrew uh, Andrew is caught up in the Silicon Valley Comic Con whirlwind out there doing uh, great, awesome, big things, appearing on panels. Uh, 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 talking to a lot of people about his awesome writing. However, the weird beat must go on. And uh, not dissimilar as an allegory, there has been a, a, a fracturing, a fracturing in the, the grand world of the, the makers of the future, Brian. Well, you say fracturing. Do you mean fractalization? Because I hear fractals are kind of a future thing. Uh, no, this is a story divide, de- devoid of all fractals. Oh, uh, what about, what about, uh, fracas? Was there a fracas? Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, it, it might've been, uh, a little bit of a, a boardroom fracas. All right. You know, where, where the, where, was it about fracking? Because fracking is kind of a big deal. People do now. They, 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 uh, you know, oh, pneumatically. No, totally, totally. I'm going to go ahead and and just before you uh, name them off, no fracking. It didn't involve a fricassee. Uh, it's not a uh, far anything Farfric else. Nugan. It didn't involve yeah. Brett Favre. Right. No Brett Favre. Uh, yeah. Fraggles. It of a fraggle. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian, apparently some internal drama between Boston Dynamics and their current oh, wait a minute i saw this boston dynamics of course we know because every five minutes they release another video showing the harbingers of our doom some kind yeah. of uh self-actualized uh, robot talking about his feelings <laughs> hopping around getting kicked and kicked around on ice or or on terrain whether it's four-legged yeah. or two-legged or whatever but uh google fair, no 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 actual self-actualized robots have appeared right? I, I mean like, not yet but i mean that's what maybe they're, they're good advertising actors. right Surely yeah good actors. yeah that moment so uh bryce you're the one who who, who brought this uh, uh to my attention fill me in on on this this is a bloomberg business report goes into the deep dive mm-hmm. of what is happening behind the scenes yeah so um 
supposedly there's friction behind the scenes of um, Alphabet and previously Google and Google X and Boston Dynamics. Uh, you know, Boston Dynamics has been putting out these really uh, these these viral you know videos of their robots you know performing. Uh, uh, like we mentioned, walking on uneven terrain, being pushed around, stability, quad pedal uh, transportation. Um, and supposedly, the, the, the word is that folks at Alphabet, which uh, Google spun out its, uh, its, some of its acquisition stuff to, we're not. We're none too. Are none too happy with any of these videos? Why? <laughs> Just because they look like they're freaking uh, promotional videos for the military to uh, purchase uh, world-destroying robots on? And, and well, I mean, yes, uh, because they're afraid. Because <laughs> that's literally what they are. Because they're afraid that <laughs> the general public is going to be afraid of. Uh, Robots Gone Wild, as sci-fi has told us to do, <laughs> and is going to make us afraid of robots uh, uh, affecting the economy, I mean, yeah. taking jobs. I love it, by the way. It's sci-fi and not Brian Brushwood, who <laughs> led into this story with, they keep showing the harbingers of our doom. <laughs> well, I, I, that's the funny part. I like, like these videos. I'm looking at a video where we're seeing the sympathetic character is the robot being kicked around by a dude, like an angry looking dude who keeps teasing him with a freaking hockey stick. Like, like what about this does not make me believe that the robots are going to kick all of our asses in 20 minutes. I mean, nothing. What? That's part of the problem. This is a little so bit. So you can read between the lines a little bit on this story. There's a lot of very good reasons, air quotes, as to why this is a partnership in decline. Uh, among them, Google Robotics went to Boston Dynamics and said, hey, what do you say we collaborate because we're in the same company on making a retail available quadruped? Boston Dynamics kind of just hit him with a LOL fam and never returned their calls. Uh, there seems to be a bit of a, uh, a, a an interesting uh, a butting of heads that Boston Dynamics never fully fell into Google X. Mm -hmm. And Boston Dynamics has been very fierce about their, uh, their idea that you're not going to make the most money that you can and, and progress as far as you can in robotics by creating a retail robot now that they need to focus farther on the future. And, and they, uh, they are very sensitive to the idea that they are being looked at as too pie in the sky. Well, okay, for the record, they're right. If I was Boston Dynamics, I would say that the best plan is for me to continue to get unlimited free money without <laughs> promising any kind of retail product of any variety whatsoever. Mm. I get that. I get that. Google says no. I don't understand the part where Boston Dynamics doesn't say, okay, fine, we'll do the robot Shufflebot. It's a $1,000 robot that, that you know, moonwalks for you. Like, like, I, I, uh, like, why not play ball at the point at which pressure is put on you to, I don't know, deliver a product that, you know, gives value to your shareholders? Because... If you're Boston Dynamics, ultimately, yeah, you're getting free money from Google now. Right. But I don't think that they're going to have a problem finding a buyer mm -hmm. for their little outfit. For and what? ultimately, do you want to be the company that helped make the greatest toy of 2016? Or do you want to be Lockheed Martin, who is locking in or Boeing, 
locking in gigantic contracts for these humanoid robots. You know, because I think that's always been the biggest push for, for Boston Dynamics is that they could be this gigantic supplier for the military. Mm-hmm. And that's net that, that they, they look at anything that is getting in the way of that as not worth it for them. And, and if, if they wind up getting sold from Alphabet or sold from Google to somewhere else, then they'll take that deal. The, the word the word is because this is all not there, there's not a whole lot official out about it uh, that uh, alphabet uh, did a did a pretty did an analysis basically of Austin Dynamics and uh, supposedly alphabet wants to aim itself towards being more shorter term investments more consumer facing products uh, deal with with some startup stuff uh, you know be a startup resource engineers swap stuff like that and that dynamics isn't uh, going to basically have a product in the next couple of years uh, and and so they either they think it's not a good fit or they just won't see a return soon enough uh, it the 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 rumor is that it is uh, uh, an expectations clash almost of well what, and then there's want. also this uh, Google acquired this is from that Bloomberg story Google acquired Boston Dynamics in late 2013 as part of a spree of acquisitions in the field of robots the deals were spearheaded by Andy Rubin former chief of the Android division, uh, and brought about 300 robotics engineers to Google. But, and here is your operative sentence, Ruben left the company in October 2014. So the dude that brung him ain't there no more. And so now all of a sudden it is under new and confusing leadership and Boston Dynamics is still enough of a hot company that they can, if to, to force their way out of a, a situation that they don't like, probably still seems like a good idea for them. Well, uh, that's one of the things that, uh, I, I, I don't know, surprises me. It's, uh, it's like they're hot, but it's like uh, t- uh, to, to what end? I, 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 I don't know. Like, what do, what do you see these things doing? Like just if you're just the products of yeah, Austin if you're gonna, Dynamics. Yeah, to speculate wildly. Let's say let's say bipedal robots mm-hmm. that uh, you're able to do some kind of crowdsource. Mm-hmm. Let, let me put it in context. Sure. Uh, last night, Bonnie and I went for a walk around our own neighborhood, small neighborhood out in the southwest area of Austin. Uh, we saw some craft swinging wildly left and right or whatever, and it took us a while to realize, oh, wait, that's a drone hmm. that is you know under 100 feet high that's just doing a pre-programmed flight around our neighborhood. And we realized... Oh shoot balls! Mm-hmm. That's what we Perfect. said. That's yeah. a, that's yeah. our. Word. I believe Bonnie said that. Um, oh shoot balls! This is the future, and this is going to be the new normal from now on. This is somebody in our neighborhood had a drone doing just a regular patrol pass mm-hmm. up and down, and I realized this is the last night of my life. I can expect that not to be the new normal. Mm. So 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 in a world where bipedal robots are the new normal. What are they doing? I mean, bomb diffusion uh, uh, and military aspects seem like the most obvious long-term goal. I mean, that's certainly outlier expensive thing, but right. but obviously they're not going to get rich on that, right? right. Uh, and with, with things like voice assistants, Alexas, and Siri's, you know, do you need an iRobot to do something that your phone can do? I mean, I would think I would need five, right? I would just say, I would say something like... Mm-hmm. I need all the dog crap out of my yard. 
First of all, I don't think I'll own a robot. I think I will own a timeshare in a robot collective. There'll uh, be a here, swarm. I, I will tell you, you will fund an organization that uses these robots within the next five years. Specifically, you have scamstuff.com. Great place to buy all sorts of crazy, awesome products, including sure. the Tender, the Game of Presidential Debate, Synergy. Uh, but right now, Amazon and a lot of fulfillment centers, like the one that you use for scam stuff, mm -hmm. get into trouble sometimes when they are run unethically, where they are having people work long hours. It's oppressive. But effectively, all these people are doing is getting a purchase order, going to a specific place in the warehouse, grabbing that thing putting it in a box and sending it off to the place to get postage or they're printing out the postage and putting it on there and then throwing it in, in a bin. This is all stuff that that not, not a far flung robot, but that robot that we saw where the people were, were screwing stuff around with a hockey stick. That's exactly what that is. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that can run 24 seven without a human rights violation. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally, totally. But 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 even then, I feel like the limiting factor is not so much um, uh, the type of work so much as the amount of work. I feel like, in general, the average family home does not have enough work to justify 24 hours of a robotic being doing this stuff for them. I feel like I feel like they're going to they're going to say these are the things I need done. A computer program is going to say, well, that's about eight hours of a robot per day. Mm -hmm. So you could buy this timeshare and it'll come in. You could pay $1,000 to have it done in the middle of the day when it won't disturb your neighbors. Or you could spend $400 and we'll do it at night, uh, you know, if you're out or, in the woods by yourself. Or, or maybe there isn't any consumer any direct consumer product. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking like I go out and go and do my laundry and I know that the place that I go to has like a, a wash and fold service. Mm -hmm. What if that was run by a robot and I pay a little more for robots to be doing it all the time or something? Like I, I, mean, I, I, imagine, I would think you would pay less to have mm, robots doing it. Because, I, I because guess if, if they're, if they're efficient I mean, be, to run is, is worry. Cause the part, I mean, I got, I got to imagine they are right. Like, like, if uh, I mean, first of all, nobody's going to pay a premium to have a robot wash their laundry, right. but the people running it mm. will will save a crap ton by saying, like, you mean I don't have to, you know, there's no immigration issues. There's no whatever's, you know, yeah, have the robot. But but in any in. case, that's an indirect sort of consumer um, <laughs> product, uh, which is probably where wider, wider um, uh, uh, spread would be in in. Like like with fulfillment centers or or places where consumers will see this stuff but maybe not pay directly for that that service. Yeah, but enjoy the benefits in the reduced price. Sure. So indirectly, they're they're paying for it or they're yeah. subsidizing it or whatever. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, but I, I think that that Brian, you're dead on. I, I don't know what the applications of a consumer uh, uh, side robot would be. I, I like uh, you know. Of course, we always think of things in pop culture terms. I don't know if Rosie the robot is is something that we would see in your house because, again, you, you very much pointed out you are in a a hot case for that, right? Like you have a very busy house. You got three uh, uh, young girls that are making all kinds of a, a mess at all times a day. You of all people would need a a, a robot that would be working twenty four hours a day that would have the kind of bipedal. Uh, uh, ability to do it, and even you are like, yeah, 
I don't know. Well, Maybe. And plus also, like, if I was going to, if, if what I want is a clean house, I don't know that a bipedal walking robot is what I would prescribe to take care of it. I, I suspect what Certainly I'd Certainly not, like, like, I think, like, hoarders. If you had a hoarder situation, the power and 24-7. I don't know, man. You, you, ever, you ever tried to, uh, uh, you know... People who are related to hoarders try to move those newspapers and, and get a near full. I can only imagine if the icy cold hand of a robot started screwing around with it. What, 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 I mean, <laughs> but, here's my here's my point. Something is, something more monumental rather than a regular no 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 the, re the, the reverse. I would say I would say what you if what you wanted was a clean house, mm -hmm. you would have seven uh, uh, instantly or, or rechargeable flying drones. That would pick up every item of clothing that would, that would, you know, you drop a shirt on the floor, two drones are dispatched, they come out and they pick it up together and then they sweep it off and then they, they put it in the appropriately categorized thing for, for cleaning and so on. Yeah. Uh, like that, you know, I, I, I think that there's this built in desire for us to see something that looks vaguely humanoid that I don't know really is the most effective way to give us what we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but what if all right? So right now we're looking at at Spot, right? The 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 uh, the quadruped that uh, has uh, Boston Dynamics has shown off. Maybe it's not bipedal. Maybe it's that. That would seem to be an easier way to you know store dirty clothes, or uh, and I guess it wouldn't be able to get high enough to clean a counter or something. But I don't know. Maybe they. I mean, have, I mean that that's certainly effective if you're looking to set up a, a, a I don't know an, a, 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 a demilitarized zone between us and the enemy you know whatever combatants or whatever mm -hmm. but but I, I in the house I feel like it's all gonna be dr uh, drones right quadcopters mm -hmm. I no I don't I don't think necessarily that that I think that that's where I think that is that is about as good of a guess as you're gonna have right now but it uh, I, I don't know if something zipping around or, or that it ever becomes a, uh, something that is, cause I mean, I don't know that there, like there just seems like a lot that can go wrong. It would need to get so much further beyond where it is right now to gain consumer confidence, uh, and also be able to just be what we want it to be, which is a thing that just solves the problems all the time and not yeah. like, accidentally try to lift something that it can't lift and then it breaks and then you just have a drone on the floor. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think, I don't know. I, I think the idea of something roving around is, is interesting. Uh, I, I, a drone wouldn't shock me. I guess I, I just feel like that I, I could see something ground based becoming like entering into that space before I could see a drone. Yeah, just because because they can't lift a lot right now. When I I think in in terms specifically of Boston Dynamics, I don't know if they are doing much work with drones. I think they're uh, just like through through a cursory glance of like their YouTube videos, they're doing a lot of robotics and and uh, ground based uh, yeah. uh, product. So well, well, so let's let's talk about this. Like uh, the neighborhood I live in is is very very small. There's like uh, three big thoroughfares and in a couple of connective uh, streets. Mm -hmm. And the fact that last night Bonnie and I were walking along, we were well outside the neighborhood. Uh, Justin, to put it in perspective, we were halfway to Trudy's, and sure. then we just saw this thing zip over us towards Trudy's, turn around, and then come back. Yeah. And uh, and it occurred to me like like uh, the, uh, by the economics, it's only going to get cheaper, right? There's uh, 
imagine three people in the neighborhood had whatever this unit was. Mm-hmm. They had a rechargeable pad that it landed on. Uh, they, the three of them got together, downloaded some open source software called uh, Neighborhood Patrol, mm-hmm. where all that software did is say charge, and then when the other guys are done, when their shift is finished, five-minute shifts figure, get up, go around, patrol everything, record everything, drop it into your, you know, uh, your... Uh, Synology disk station, your you know, upload to whatever your uh, data dump is. Mm-hmm. It occurred to me like that's so obviously a brilliant idea because everybody in the neighborhood is going to support this because if there's a crime, you're going to have footage of it. If there's somebody loose, in fact, we talked about this on Night Attack, Justin. There was a time that somebody was running around the neighborhood and we had, uh, you know, giant helicopters flying around. Yep. And, and, and now looking back, like how dumb is that? Helicopters don't have infrared vision built in. Why not have all three of our neighborhood drones doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And and plus, it's like it's virtually no electricity. They recharge automatically. They run automatically all night long. Like the days- now Let me ask you this question, though, Brian. So it's a neighborhood watch. I could see you being very excited by that. I could see you saying, you want to know what? I'm going to get a drone and contribute to this citizens-based neighborhood watch. Is this now, about me- I- Peeing on the side of the road. This is not about you peeing on the okay, side good. of the road. All right. That's what I thought it was. A say good, real you are now thinking uh, uh, to yourself about this as you pee on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you see another drone. This isn't one of your neighborhood watch ones, mm-hmm. but it has the Austin Police Department on the side of it. Because after all, you guys are running your own. What do you have to hide to let our drones patrol your neighborhood just to make sure everything's safe? How cool are you with that? I mean, because that seems precarious. It, it does. It does. Uh, I don't. I even the neighborhood watch thing makes me feel like, oh, these three people are gonna have. The, by the way, the, the no, no joke, to- no joke. There, there's a there's a neighborhood listserv. Mm-hmm. There's an email that goes out. You can complain about stuff happening in the neighborhood on there. Mm-hmm. We've already received complaints. About the drones? About drones in people's personal airspace. They feel like it's not appropriate or whatever. And I and I feel like where this is headed is like, I mean, you're not gonna stop you're not gonna stop drones from droning. Drones drones be droning, man. Sure. It's It'll in the Bible. Droning. <laughs> but I think if if you put on if you put in on two plates in front of me, a neighborhood run watch, drone watch. And I don't know some sort of DPS public safety drone watch. I don't. I don't know which one. I don't. I don't know which one I would prefer. I don't. I, mean, I don't know my neighbors I, I very well. Which one I want? I, I. I would prefer the one for which I would have the greater control. And yeah. alert, it's not the police. Uh, you know. So uh, you know. All of a sudden, Brian, you're peeing outside. Drone comes over. Like meh, meh, Brushwood, like, he's peeing outside. Granted, it's in his own backyard. By the way, I uh, for the record, I do pee in my own backyard, uh, and and now it's possible that drones club. will capture this. <laughs> like, like I mean, this is the kind of thing you have to think about. And yeah. by the way, we've talked about this before, where it's like, how long? What for 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 eight hundred years? Uh, Western Christianity has taught that there's an all-seeing eye that knows when you're sleeping, knows when you're awake, knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Now it's an actual fact! 
Now it's now it's like 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 the all seeing eye, man. It's like it's, it's like you better believe that whatever you're doing, people are watching it forever. Absolutely true, Brian. And when it comes to all seeing eyes that judge what you do in life, there's only one way that you can make sure that you get deliverance. And that is by supporting this podcast at patreon.com slash weird things. Uh, oh, look, we got the slick new layout. Look yeah, I think uh, yeah. they auto put us on that because I, for- I I was taking my sweet time to update it. 438 patrons, man. Those people who make it possible for us to every week deliver you the weird right up in your ear holes. Absolutely. Head on over there right now and make sure that we continue to do this show. Hey, listen, in another time, another era, this show wouldn't happen. Uh, us having to delay the show a week, Mm-mm. Andrew not being on here. Uh, like, true story, Brian and I don't like to do the show, just me and him, because it's night attack. <laughs> I mean, you know? we, we we just risk. I mean, it's not so much that we don't like to do it. It's just like, like it, it's, it's as though the two of us are trying to play chess where there's a, a ball pit next to us and a bunch of toddlers bouncing around. And we're like, man, why are we playing chess? It looks like it would be really fun to just jump pit. into that ball pit over there, right? It's, it's hard to do. It's, it's hard to, to alter that energy when it's obviously there. We want to go into a sillier direction. We know that the weird things faithful demand more, which is why, A, we've got Bryce here to uh, to balance everything out. We and have an B, adult. We make sure <laughs> that we are doing at least one episode a week. Mm-hmm. Oh, not at least one episode a week. It's always one episode. No, no, no. Oh, at yeah. least, at least. I like at, at least. least. Let's, yeah. let's stick to at least. So hey. uh, go ahead and check it out. Patreon.com slash weird things. All right, real quick, this. real quick. Justin, can we can, yeah. can we go back to this drone thing? Because I, I feel like I feel like I witnessed the dawn of history here. I feel like being out, I, I feel like, granted, I'm in Texas, right? But I'm in Austin, which is a very technologically advanced city. Uh, and I'm seeing an autonomous drone. This is not something that's being remote controlled by an individual person. This is clearly a drone that is being that is running a preset route around my neighborhood. It's clearly upset the neighbors. And keep in mind, we are literally miles from anyone else. We're way out in the country. Sure. Given I mean, that that's the, the fact, I, I feel like you are you are 25 seconds away from a drone being outside your window right now. Uh, you know, I mean, we're all the, the main character in our own story, right? Like, you know, so I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, somebody got a drone in, 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 in your neighborhood. I think that that is an increasingly popular sentence that people will be saying uh, around the country. I, I think right now it's still in that model uh you know that that remote controlled airplane uh kind of level it's at the highest version of that but yeah no we we are we are at a threshold we're at a breaking point where where it will become more and more uh you know something that that would happen although i think that you are more likely to have one outside in your backyard than i am likely to see one hovering outside my window in in uh, Oakland, you know, the city of Oakland. Uh, we we were talking about drones for sort of patrolling, right? Um, partially because we had walked away from robotics. Do you feel like robotics versus drones would be a better uh, a better medium for law enforcement or or protection? I mean, because I, think about that. Then then it's not like like if you if you if you're going to the point of all right, we're going to have some sort of robotic eye out here. 
does it make sense to have hands and feet with that eye? I feel like the eventual bumping up of law enforcement will happen down the road. I feel like before then, I feel like we have to get to that point. We, we, there, there's lots of half measures to take us there before we have that discussion. And, and I have to believe that we're going to see you know, convenient delivery. I think we're going to see convenient local surveillance, right? Little, little mini dog. It'll be adorable, I'm using air quotes, as it patrols your yard and takes photos of everyone who comes and goes. And everyone will be like, look, it's just like a dog. It's patrolling your yard. How adorable. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, there'll be some moment where somebody feels like, uh, you know, some politician walks down the road and is like, well, I don't feel like I need a photo taken of me for walking down the road and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, weirdly, I think that our apprehension of these devices will be exactly in line with the artificially intelligent ability to process the deluge of information that comes in. For example, like right now, we can have a drone or a, a robo-dog or whatever that records everyone who passes by my house. Nobody cares. The moment there's an AI that does facial recognition and categorizes and publishes hmm. on robodog.tumblr.com. Yeah. Here's all the people who blah, blah. And, and then another AI cross-references all those names in interesting ways that are related to a scandal or whatever. Like, that's when all of a sudden everyone's going to freak the hell out. What about you, Justin? Well, yeah. obviously there are shifting elements to this because, you know, remember when, when Gmail launched, right? There was legitimate concerns of like, oh, wait, every single one of your emails is going to be indexed. Mm -hmm. Every single one of your emails is going to be searched on some level. And, you know, Google had a lot of, you know, and not to say call them wires, right? But they had very good explanations of like, oh, well, it's only going to be for AdWords and it's only going to be for that. And, you know, now with Prism, you can kind of extrapolate uh, maybe the, the dangers of that. But I think there's always going to be something that right now we find to be a little weird and horrifying in the same way that in 1985, if you were to explain what Google does to Gmail, you can make it sound terrible and horrifying in a dystopic future uh, if you put it in that kind of language. So, yeah, I think a lot of what you're saying doesn't sound odd to me. You know, the idea that it would be there and index that kind of stuff. But I think what would make it seem more normal is the, the, the tide kind of rising for everything, that so much of your information is indexed and you're ID'd constantly on all these different platforms uh, all the time, that the idea of someone doing it to you in, in person wouldn't seem shocking. So hmm. in this future, let's say, let's say there's a whole generation. Let's say my kid's generation grows yeah. up with the expectation that if you go outside, of course, you know, God's going to see you from one of his many robot eyes or whatever. Uh, do you feel like there's, in theory, I would imagine that there would be an extraordinary value of walking into a room and being promised through whatever technological wizardry they have that everything that happens in this room will be a secret forever. Like, I feel like that would be like a theme park ride where it's like pay a hundred dollars and for seven whole hours, not one thing you do can ever be known by anyone else. Well, I think I think active privacy is 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 now a a rising trend, right? You know, you look at 
Telegraph or something like that. Apps that, you know, that, that uh, are, are there for uh, anonymous communication. Uh, I think it was ProtonMail just launched uh, with, with end-to-end encryption that they swear would never get it in the hands of the government. So like, uh, or, or other places that are there to track you. There's currently this uh, uh, little uh, tete-a-tete with uh, ad blockers and do not track uh, uh, plugins that are, are, you know, going back and forth with uh, publications uh, who don't want you to be able to use them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the idea of, uh, of, of an increasingly anonymous place would be attractive. Where I disagree with you is the idea that uh, the, the tracking rises so fast beyond our want for privacy that I think that our, our want to build walls as everything is tracked will somewhat keep pace in the way that it is now. That like, okay, you're tracking, you're tracking, you're tracking. Well, I want to use a private communication system. I want to use a private email. I want to use a private server. You know, I think that those elements will continue to get more and more popular as we have a a, a continual tracking culture. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea of, uh, in in the future, a a lens-free zone or some sort of recording-free zone um, I, I couldn't find any in a, a quick cursory glance, but I feel like there are novelty places that exist now or or they're just log cabins out in the woods that are like, hey, go out and disconnect your cell phone or step away from the internet for for fresh air or, or you know, to, to step away. I, I, I wonder if the novelty element of that, of just like, a, a trip to the woods has always been a trip to the woods and, right. and, and putting, putting, having the contrast of higher and higher tech technology, um, uh, being the, the antithesis of that. I, I, I don't know if there, it, 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 it doesn't, uh, the idea of a recording free room sounds very hard sci-fi of just like, you're walking in. I don't know when I imagine it, I think it's like, a white like, room. Like you don't believe and, that, but that, I like, no, I think I think it will still happen, but I think it will be in a lot of the ways that it happens now, which is people just want to get away from society as a whole, basically. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. Uh, I, I I I don't know though. I I I feel like in a constraint-free economy where you can afford to live whatever way you want. Which, by the way, we're headed for in what fifty years? In fifty years, most menial tasks will be re- replaced by robots. Is that, is that a fair assessment? You think? I mean, like for for us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, 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 uh, pretty much a hundred percent. I mean, the sure. United States. We're we're already seeing we're already seeing people touting the fact that uh, in you know in five or ten years you can go to a Carl's Jr. and never see another human being. You just that yeah that I think got a little overblown. Like that the, the, that 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 CEO uh, is 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 making a political point. I don't think that it is one without merit. Uh, but he was basically just saying he went to a restaurant in San Francisco where a robot like does a portion of the work. Right. And he said, Hey, look, I could see us launching another chain that is health food, uh, inspired and, and has a robot running everything. But he's also been like that, that was there to make the political point that rising minimum wage is something that, that he thinks uh, runs counter to, uh, sure, it's like him uh, employing people. And you, you look at places like Chili's, where 
they have those little Android tablets on your table, right. and that's how you're supposed to order food. I, I am stuff. I am still shocked yeah. that we don't have more restaurants that? that run totally on apps. Hmm. Like, you know, that's... I that's mean, is there been, something that we love about the fact that somebody walks up and says, hey, my name is Herdando, I'm going to be taking care of you. Have you guys tried our crazy strawberry Rita? I can I, ask them questions. As, as a former server, nope. <laughs> like, I, I, I would be perfectly happy if I walked into a bar or restaurant and, you know, for every one great server that I get, I, I get nine crap ones. And I, if I could just walk into a thing and be like, instead of asking, hey, what are what do you have on tap? It's just download the app or there's an app that serves that thing. I just go, meh, 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 meh. yeah, I want that. Boop, boop, boop. And, and all of a sudden it gets brought to me. Now, somebody is probably going to have to run that out to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I can have my my communication with them or they can not talk to me. You know, I can just keep my earbuds in and not talk to anybody the entire time. Dude, but think about uh, this, man. There, there's a, there's there's no reason technologically that you can't have enough conversations with your Siri or your Cortana or your uh, OK Google that they know your preferences, hmm. not from anything that you spelled out for them, not for any uh, preferences you filled out on an but app. But you've gone to a but restaurant just from enough watching to know you. Yes, exactly. Like, you don't like tomatoes. Exactly. Or- there's no reason your people can't just talk to their people and make it to where you walk in and get the experience that you always want. Where it's like, in general, he likes you to wait three to five minutes before you come up and approach him. He does want his beer immediately. Oh, so directing a human. Yes. Well, exactly. We're exactly where it's like your robot says, (laughs) uh, look, we all know he's going to get the chips and salsa. Uh Do me a favor. Show up immediate with chips and salsa. He prefers IPA. Do you have any IPAs? No, you don't have any IPAs. If he doesn't have that, he'll take uh, Dos Equis. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. And deliver that immediately when he sits down. Great. He's got that. Now he's going to think about it. He's looking at it right now. Most likely he's going to pick this salad or this salad. He's going to ask you whether or not you have a salad a dressing free option or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, and it, like, these are all conversations your digital virtual assistant should okay. be having on your behalf. Yeah, that will never work with a human staff. Like, zero, zero point zero percent chance that that's good with a human staff. Now, where it would be great is like right now, uh, uh, you are on, on these, uh, a very specific diet, right? Sure. That means that you have to have very complicated and specific conversations with wait staff, right? That would be amazing. And it's something that, that I know that, that we've talked about a lot with like the Taco Bell app. If you can just plug right into that back end, you know, and, and, and just in uh, on a more universal plane, ain't no reason that you have to, I mean, because again, the job of a server right now in 2016 is to walk up to you and then either write down on a piece of paper or remember in their head something that they then walk 10 feet from you to enter it into a touch interface. Right. So that then goes into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's their job. To basically do something that, like, when we when all of us have that exact, if not better, touch interface in our pockets, their job is to go touch a crappier touch interface for you. Yes. Uh, uh, I, I, I think, uh, is it, yeah, I don't know. Is it an I, aesthetic I, I, I reason? I, is it just because we think that, or the I mean, companies I think, it's think just, that we want to sit in booths and have 
junk on the walls. And, and- I, I, I think it's inertia. I, I wish it could be something better than that, but I, I suspect it's completely inertia. It's just that's what we've done, so that's what we'll continue to do, and we'll come up with something that's vaguely close to what we've always done. Hmm. Well, I, I think where it would be, it would, it would be great at a sports bar, right? Something where, in general, unless you're a theme, you know, you got like, you know, ladies in hot pants or something like that, right? Like, in general, you can just have ladies in hot pants running the beer and hot wings. It's a fairly limited menu, right? It's just people bringing buckets of beer and draft beer and bar food uh, to, to your patrons. You could run all that on an app. No reason why. Well, and yeah. plus also, like, the one part of that interaction that you can't delegate to a robot is the the weird, like, you know, I don't know, the 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 karmic uh, interaction you have back and forth with someone. And so maybe the human does the delivering and does the hand touch, but she has some discretion as far as, like, types of karma or whatever. And then all of a sudden, the human involved has a reason to be polite and to, you know, uh, make jokes and interact with the other person mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, kind of, you know, hints jokingly, like, hey, man, make sure to give me that karma so I get a extra, you know, three extra chips in my chips and salsa thing or whatever to where to where I, I I mean this all sounds gross to quantify now but it already happens naturally I I could totally see that happening in a quantified situation in the future uh I, yeah I, I'll tell you what it, it's it's really really interesting uh to to look at where where it could go and and you know the answer to this question in terms of the near term is just that we're probably only now I remember when I was it was 2005. Oh my god, this is going to this is such a dated sentence. Mm. It was 2005 and I was reading a newspaper. <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember reading that uh at that point, 2005 was the divide when more people had what was referred to as high-speed internet, meaning DSL or cable, mm-hmm. than dial-up. Now, that had been something that had been a part of my life for a decade to that point, right? But for the rest of the uh, of, of the country to catch up, it took that many years. We might just now be at a point where it is cost effective for a Chili's or someone to say, hey, look, download our app, order there. If you don't have one, don't worry. Ask your hostess. She'll just give you a thing and you can order off ours. Like we might just be now getting to a point where enough people have those kind of phones and have those kind of plans, at least one in your party where you're able to do that. Yeah, hmm. dude. No, I, I, I think you're a hundred percent right. And I, and I think that's a fine place to be. You guys want to do picks? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, I got a pick. It's extraordinary. None of you are going to see oh, it coming. Oh, you won't believe it. I'm excited. Yeah. What, Listen, what could Brian Brush would be about I, I, to suggest? I don't know about you guys, but I cut the cable cord a long time ago. I'm done with your telling me what kind of shows I can watch on what channel at what time. Me, I want to watch what I want, when I want, and whatever damn device I please. And the uh, also, I'm a big fan of me, Brian Brushwood. <laughs> um, no, my, my pick is uh, if you go to Netflix.com, Hacking the System is now on Netflix. You know, uh, you know what the funniest thing is? I thought you were going to plug Tom's book. No, no. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was where you were Screw going. Screw that guy. And Screw also, his book. Me and I'm like, what? What a swerve. <laughs> <laughs> no, my 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 pick is uh, hacking the system is now on uh, Netflix. If you go to Netflix.com in the United States, type in hacking. Uh, 
here's what's amazing. Justin, you remember a year ago what a big deal it was to tell the whole world, like, hey, hacking the system's out. This is really exciting. Let's all set fire to the world. Um, I am seeing as big a response on Twitter and all of the social media now as we did a year ago when it came out on cable, which tells me that maybe net hacking the system just appeals to more the cord-cutting Netflix demographic? I don't know. But uh, regardless, do me a favor. Check it out. I think you guys will like it quite a bit. And if you can, go ahead and leave a review. That would certainly be helpful. Uh, hey, bro, I, I hear that it's charting very well on Instant Watcher. Mm, instant Is Watcher. Wait, Wait, hold on. Instantwatcher.com? Okay, so we've got uh, He Never Died. No, here, no, don't even look down there. What you got to do is just search. Go to that search. Yeah, yeah just okay. search for hacking the system. Oh, yeah. Damn. Hacking the system on there. Oh, oh hey, wait. two matches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Hey, we got a. Uh, oh, look at that. Look at that. It's it's listed as hot. It's hot. Hot. Hot stuff. Look at that. It is. It is hot. Yeah, on Instant Watcher, which is an alternate way to search for stuff on uh, Netflix and Amazon, uh, it's currently, I believe, number six. Is that, uh, is that right? Number six when we did. Uh, yeah, there it is. Number seven. Oh, it's, it's currently it, number it's seven right there. Seven, yeah. yeah. But uh, regardless, uh, uh, check out that Hacking the System if you haven't seen it yet. Hmm. Absolutely, man. No, totally. And search, keep searching it until it goes back up to five. Um, <laughs> so I got I to gotta, I gotta pick here. Uh, I just caught up with a Better Call Saul. Oh, Ooh. man. Uh, I, uh, I'm really blown away by how right... Better Call Saul gets what I kind of thought to be just unsolvable problems. Like the idea that it is such a standalone series and yet it is made so much better for having watched Breaking Bad. Uh, the fact that it, it is like just a great prequel. The fact that it's a prequel series about a secondary character, which always just kind of screams cash grab. Sure, right? sure. Uh, and yet it is familiar enough to Breaking Bad that you know it's related, but it has such a distinct style that like, uh, and maybe I just need to watch Breaking Bad and maybe they did this on, on there as well, but like, especially this season, I've been just blown away by how many just crazy long scenes they have. You know, like their, their like commercial uh, uh, breakup is like, it, it's very often just like three expansive scenes where you just have these awesome actors uh, do great work, just amazing stuff. Uh, it really is to me exceptional. And, and uh, we are just at that point now. I have this, a, in, I have a theory about this, by the way. Uh, okay, okay. Well here. Yeah. So uh, right, right now we're just at that, at that season where like breaking bad, you got to about halfway and then they just start, cranking those wheels and start like to just get that tension to just this like oh my god like how are these characters going to you know uh, uh, get past these things and we're just now starting to get to it. it it's so 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 much fun but what's your theory Brian? well so my theory is is breaking bad starts off with a very clear trajectory it it, it the opening episode says hi this is a show about a character who is 100% white um, and I mean that not in the racial sense, but in the yeah. in the ethical in, sense in or that, whatever. His last name, sure, uh, sure, Walter White <laughs> uh, is going. In fact, they actually name him Walter White. Yeah. Is going to make his journey to break bad and become a hundred percent, you know, dark, right? Yeah. 
Um, and and of course the the spoiler alert the big reveal is the fact that you you realize he was always dark on the inside. This was just the unveiling of this darkness within him. Uh, Better Call Saul does a brilliant job in that you have characters you like and hate on on either side. There is all the way white and all the way black, and both are portrayed as equally disgusting. You don't like either of them. For example, this most recent episode, he goes because he understands the way the wheels are greased in his old home turf, shows up yeah. with a beanie baby, and he's yeah. got this white knight over his shoulder saying, no, you don't. You don't give that. And he, and, and, and us as the audience roll our eyes and are like, really? This is what playing by the rules looks like? Ew. And then we yeah. see all the way on the other side. We say, wait, this is what being a bad guy looks like? Ew. And we revel in the fact that he's walking this gray line that all of us identify with. Uh, and, and, you know, to me, the, the mark of how amazing the show is, and I would probably even give it the nod over Breaking Bad with like, you know, Skyler was always a very interesting character for me with Breaking Bad. Uh, as, as you learned more about Walter White and could draw uh, some, some of your own, uh, your own conclusions as to what he was like before we, we met up with him in the series. But she was somebody that ultimately, for all of her, her hectoring, was kind of proven right. Right. Like, you know, that dude needed to have a tighter rein on his life. Sure. <laughs> have somebody telling him like, hey, don't do this. Don't do this. Like, because obviously left to his own devices. Things got a little haywire. N- similarly, uh, 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 Jimmy's brother, whose name escapes me. Uh, I, I never. Squiggy or Lenny. I, I can't remember which one. Yeah. Uh, I never really know how to feel about him because there are moments where. Like, I'm like, oh, God, you are the worst. You are just this selfish little pig. And, and all you want to do is crush your little brother's dreams. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? He's right. He's right <laughs> on everything. He's 150% correct. And it's like, it's both. And it's, it, 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 it goes, it swings wildly. And, and, you know, we always kind of really want to spend time with Jimmy but we're never really sure. It goes because we know how this story ends. We're never really sure if anybody else should be hanging out with him. It's like we almost we want to spend time with him, but we almost want everybody else around him to run away as fast as they can because he's going to be uh, uh, contagious. So, but by the way, you, you have spoken the the traditional wisdom, which is we know how it all ends up. I'm not convinced we do. I, I, you'll notice at the beginning of each season, we see a vignette yeah. of Jimmy in a post-Breaking Bad world. I am still utterly, utterly convinced that we're going to see uh, Better Call Saul catch up and pass Breaking Bad. And that I, the I would, last season agree. will be completely in a post-Breaking Bad world. I, I, I would not. Yeah, I think. And there's been hints from the creators to that to that effect. So, no, I would I would totally agree with you there. I think that. That's definitely something that uh, would not shock me. Either way, watch both. Uh, the first season of A Better Call Saul, second season of Better Call Saul. Watch all of Breaking Bad. Man, Vince Gilligan, just just crushing it. Just killing it. Turns out that when you got a lot of talent, a lot of heart, and you have good stories to tell, and you know how to manifest a lot of important emotions in viewers, turns out that that's a good match for having a wide distribution platform. So sorry, I was listening to an interview with Vince Gilligan uh, on on I forget where, and uh, 
They're asking him, like, so what has been, like, you just finished shooting Better Call Saul? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. He's like, uh, so what was, uh, what's some of the, the best, your favorite memories of shooting it? He's like, oh, well, you know, uh, you, ever, you ever heard of uh, uh, Warren Buffett? <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, well, apparently he's a real big fan of the show. So he came down, uh, he came down to the set. And they're like, oh, wow, it's really interesting. But the funny part was, he was there the same day that Jimmy Buffett was there. <laughs> That's the kind of story only Vince Gilligan gets to tell. That's amazing. Like, oh, yes, sure. You're like one of the contemporary geniuses of the age. And you're like, get it? Because they're both named Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> and also, double get it because my show is just that good. That's yeah. the kind of thing like, that you oh, believe yeah, so would anyway, happen. Yeah. Uh, all the all the the lobster faces or whatever the Jimmy Buffett, the chowder heads. Clamp <laughs> <laughs> heads. It doesn't matter. Uh, Whatever. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, Bryce, do you have a pick? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I have another music pick. Uh, I think I made, made one uh, the first time I was on the show. The first ever music pick, I think. Uh, oh, nice. And uh, th- this album came out, um, man, probably about a month ago uh, now. And it is uh, a debut album from this, this duo. They're from New York. And it's, the, you know... I, I'm still really drawn to albums um, for some for some weird way. Not probably not any sort of nostalgia because I don't I don't exactly have memories of like an amazing album uh, growing up. But but I I do love it when there's when an album can have its own consistency and if it can have a story or some sort of narrative. Um, and while this doesn't have a, a great narrative, it's one of those um, it's one of those things that is um, so. It's it's very it's very consistent and it's very well produced. Um, it is uh, fifty five from the Knox. Uh, they've put out. Uh, what, do, what do they sound like? Is uh, there a sample you can yeah, throw our way? We can. Um, this is um, tied and, to and you. B- before we hear it, yeah. can can you describe like if blank bent, met blank, it would be the Ooh, Knox? Uh, okay. If uh, <laughs> oh Jesus. If Brian and Justin if, met uh, if, the Knox, it would be the Knox. It would if, be if, if, if Herb Albert and his Tijuana Brass <laughs> met the Yakuza. Uh, that's tough for me. I think that's tough for me to. All right, all right, they've got. A, I feel like they've got a very East Coast sound, but a bit of a, an electronic uh, sort of tilt to it. Uh, just is, hit hit the damn music. <laughs> Right, so it's not. It's Man, not. I owe, I owe somebody five bucks. I could. I, I would have bet any amount of money that that would have been in Japanese. But uh, <laughs> I know the audience. I know the audience. Uh, but <laughs> no, it's, it's not. It's not. Elec- it's not hard electronic. No, yeah, correct. It's, it's very it's, it's, it's very heavily produced. Is yeah. with, uh, like like to me, it's reminiscent of um, the sensibilities that we would see in the '80s, where it's like yeah. we, you know, there, there's that chrome-like polish on it. And yes. So on. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I had I had a realization on how old I was because the bands like this, which are great and just take over. I was at a music festival last summer, and I think I saw five instruments <laughs> the entire time. The everything else was the entire thing. I, I'm just I'm just watching bands and everything, and it's just DJ Mike, DJ Mike, DJ 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 Mike, Mike Mike, DJ DJ. And you know who you know who you know who had all the instruments? 
Janelle Monet and Outcast. They Dude. were the only people. All the white acts, all the white acts, nothing but a DJ set and and mics. And Janelle Monet and Outcast had the full band, uh, and and they were uh, rocking out. Last night, I kid you not, mm -hmm. a bunch of people were freaking out on Twitter, like Brian, you got to tune in live. Pendulum's playing one of your favorite bands. I was like, yeah, oh. let me go. And what I see is a giant flashing uh, background of LED lights, mm -hmm. and then four guys standing there, like, hey. We're Pretty good, good stuff playing right now, right? <laughs> Get ready for when the bass drops. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh. Yeah, that's that's a real lost art in just the the, <coughs> the pervasiveness of EDM in, in modern pop music. Yeah. Like even I'm, even at South By, I went to a couple of shows for South By and it was it was mir mirrored what your experience was, Justin. It's like a couple of bands had had some live instruments, you know, but generally Generally it's a guy looking at you, yeah. establishing eye contact, saying I made this. Well, and it helps if there's a, <laughs> when there's a singer in the group, right? Yeah, sure. It helps when there's oh, a singer. Yeah. No, I mean, and then normally uh, all the acts I saw that were touring, like you know, a few of them sucked, and they were just that, like that. They were just lumps who were just like anyway, like they're just like you know, at, leaning up against their DJ equipment and smoking <laughs> a cigarette, acting like. Cool kid. Uh, but a lot of them had good acts, and you know, they were dancing and and doing like big visual stuff that that made up for the show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no man, tell you what, the the the, the era. Lollapalooza is dead. I know that Lollapalooza still goes on, but the Lollapalooza that that Brian and I grew up with, you know, like where it was just uh, a, 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 you know, a, three out of the four acts had guitars, basses, and drums, and you had to clear them out so Ice T could perform. Uh uh. It is, we are a long By the way. way, for the record, uh, they've re re reassembled the corpse of Lollapalooza and reanimated it for this year because the headliners are Radiohead, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and LCD Sounds. Uh, oh, LCD Sounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so it's like, in other words, 1992, the tier, the series. Uh, oh man. <laughs> Oh, age. Uh, all right, so that was uh, the 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 Knox. The Knox. K-N-O-C-K-S. Yeah, and it's on the streaming stuff, uh, and it's a really great album. Right on. Uh, awesome. And also here, uh, uh, where I, I saw you put out today, you you make the music, uh, as as many might know, and and mm -hmm. you added stuff to your your royalty free. Uh oh. List, or, what, what I Your did, Creative Commons? Uh, no. Well, all of my music is in, is uh, Creative Commons, so you can go to nashcomplex.com. And if there's anything there, whether you have to buy it or if it's free online, you can use it on stuff. But I made a web page on my nashcom.com website that had my playlists because I know like Justin's oh, asked gotcha, for gotcha, it. Gotcha. And so like I'm putting it here so I don't have to – every time I tweet it out, it breaks my music library. So I feel like if I have it in the well, on the web page, it won't, it won't break stuff so much. But that's at uh, nashcom.com. Uh, yeah, no lie. It broke my entire no music in my library last time I tried to share it out. First world problems. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> I know. I felt, <laughs> like, a real, I felt like a real asshole in this <laughs> chili. Su like, you're super I don't popular. Know music. <laughs> what music's gone, man, you guys? Listen, man, it's all fun and games until Brian gets caught with his wiener out by the police drug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, folks, that about wraps it up. Again, patreon.com slash weird things. Uh, any final plugs, guys? No, dude. Uh, do me a favor. If you if you have a moment, please take a moment to rate uh, Hacking the System on Netflix. Uh, I would love it if we got close, close, close to a four-star or better review. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. It's been weird. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.